Hey, what's good, people? This is the Option Podcast. This is episode 189. That looks like Jen Ketty. She looks like she's cold. She looks like she's freezing. It looks like it's brick where she's at. Buckle up, people. The episode starts right now. Guess who's back? Back again. Guess who's back? Ooh, good for Bravo. <laughs> back again. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Oh, all right. Team Buffalo girls going to run me outside. <laughs> yeah, this definitely looks like a job for you. No, this looks like a job for me because on my show right now, on the Option Podcast, on one, on episode one eighty nine, maybe, um, I have the incomparable, <laughs> the incomparable, the charismatic, the absolutely drop dead gorgeous Jen Ketty on the show. What's up? Couldn't be me. Hi. Nice. <laughs> I'm not editing that part out. We're not skipping that. I was just going to have one of these organic things where we're just like talking about the subject matter, but I'll save that for Joe Rogan and um, you know who's, who I like or Bill Maher or whatever podcast have you. So, are you on drugs? Um, does water count as a drug? Um, No. What is a supplement? I, I consider a drug... And it's so cool because we're going to talk about water today. Uh, um, but I'm going to give you the floor because I want to. we're going to go right into the water thing. But I consider a drug anything that's um, altered that you don't have to take naturally to, to enhance to enhance or, or your quality of life or whatever, um, this and that. So, right. so, right, if I'm taking iron supplements, that's a drug. If I'm eating um, cold spinach or eating red meat, that's, that's a food, right? You know, if I'm so you would consider supplements a drug, um, a supplement, uh, yeah, anything that you have to alter and put into something that that's that's you know, I mean, it's weird because it's called the Food and Drug Administration, right? So we're not considering food drugs, right? Yeah, what do you Gosh, think? What are your thoughts? Come on, I started on that one. No, look, um. I started off on the wrong foot, and that's all <laughs> I got, right? Two left feet and ugly freaking shoes. Tell me why I'm wrong. <laughs> No, this is good. Um, no, that's a very interesting perspective. I definitely take supplements. Um, that's very interesting. I actually started these new supplements. They're like the organ supplements. Um, I've been doing that, and I actually really like it. Um, and I was like kind of grossed out. I was like, wait, do I really want to do this? And it's been interesting. I've been on it like for two months now. Um, okay. Yeah, I do that. I do like spirulina, chlorella, amino. Yeah. We, I do like. Do we not consider these drugs because, um, like drugs as a, as a term in a classic sense of the other word, uh, gets kind of gets a bad rep. Probably, like yeah. when you say drugs, I'm like, no, I haven't. I'm not on cocaine or oh. heroin oh. or meth. You know, like Opioids. you say drug, and I'm like, oh, or we're talking like pharmaceuticals, which. Yeah. Which is a whole other conversation. Yeah. I was just telling yes. you before I got on the show, like I worked at a, a medical practice, a cardiology practice for 17 years. And the entire Sackler family were like our patients there. And, you know, I met Dr. Raymond Sackler, 
passed away, whatever. Dr. Richard Sackler also passed away. Mortimer, Mortimer Jr., Dr. Teresa, Beverly. Um, there's like seven doctors in the family, right? And, you know, you encounter these people, and it's casual, but as they continue to come, they recognize my face. We have just regular people conversations, and I never really knew about all that evil stuff. I just, like, when you talk to these people, they just, they have a house, they have a life, they got kids, they got a family. And you're just like, you know, I'm never th consider anyone a great person, but I'm like, they seem all right to me. And I'm like, no, no, they're not I. Right. <laughs> you know, they're not I, right. you know, so. Mm. I guess the argument then is like, are they just doing their best and like just working with what they know? You know what I mean? That's the question, right? Yeah, that is the question because that's what they're taught in school, mm -hmm. you know? So I, I like to give everyone the benefit of the doubt and be like, everyone's just doing their best. However, here's my question for you. Do you think it is appropriate for doctors to receive kickback from certain prescriptions they give out? Highly inappropriate because uh, beyond the professionalism of practicing medicine, there's a human factor that where you, if you, uh, where there will be a certain bias towards a medication if there's monetary benefit. That's just, I, I'm not saying that every doctor would react that way. The guy I worked for, Dr. Exactly. Isidore Rosenfeld, I just want to have that on the record. Um, got, you guys look him up. He's one of the best doctors ever. His father invented the stress test. You know, he um, was American Heart Association Physician of the Year. I went to the Waldorf. But um, to answer your question, there's human, there, there is chance for human error when it comes to that. There's no, there's, right, do you, don't you think so? There's no way. I 100%. Mean, like, if I'm 100%. a, I'll give you an example. If I'm a defense attorney, right, and, and the guy who hired me to get, to, to get him acquitted, if, you know, the lawyers almost ask, they don't want to know if the guy's guilty or innocent because, you know, you're, you're, you're stuck with that. And in your heart of hearts, right, you know he probably did it, but you know that if right. you get him acquitted, it's good for business uh, uh, for the next person who commits a similar crime, right? We're not going to talk about the crime. We're just speaking hypothetically. Yeah. So very yeah. much like, a, like an attorney where there's monetary benefit from him actually just doing a good job. I don't. In fact, that's not even a comparison. That's just someone doing a good job. Doctors right. doing that is not doing a good job. <laughs> right. You well, know? that's funny that you bring up the lawyer stuff because I mm -hmm. just uh, recently met a lawyer and we were having this conversation and it was like, it doesn't matter if they did it or not. It's a win. It's a win or lose for the lawyer. So right. of course they want to win. Yeah. But I, I, def I mean, that's them doing their job and then on you know on the other side like you've said obviously not all doctors are doing that right but i do think there becomes there's a bias that comes with oh well if i give this person this prescription i get this kickback mm -hmm. and then you hear about you hear the stories of like yeah i went to the doctor for this and they didn't really do anything they just told me to take this medicine and then right. that's not what was wrong with me so they prescribed me something else so it's like that's the cycle right is like we just there's a there's a drug for everything so let's just take a drug and it's i like that we're talking about this because we there are sometimes i think and and anyone listening of course i'm trying to say something i hope you can relate to um like if i have a knee problem a doctor could be like here wear this sleeve <laughs> for the rest of your life or every time you play or you know maybe there's cadaver surgery or or stem cell or whatever and this and that and 
it's weird that some doctors immediately just go to whatever and don't weigh you your options. My, my, my boss, the guy I told you about, wrote a book called Power to the Patient. Uh, and when I just started oh, reading, cool. this, reading this book and, and just reminding patients to say, hey, when you're at a doctor's office and they give you this drug, you're like, all right, before I take this drug, what other options do I have? You're giving me Lipitor yeah. for cholesterol. What other, uh, what other options do I have? Well, how about this diet to lower your cholesterol? They give me Norvasc, yeah. like a blood, you know, blood pressure medication, right? So popular, even dogs take it, right? So, so. Um, oh my gosh, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Norvasc. Well, it's 2.5 is very hard to prescribe, but 1.25. So you take a 2.5, cut the pill in half and like feed it to your dog, blood pressure dogs. Oh yeah. So, yeah, I mean, come on, some of the owners, you wonder why dogs have high blood pressure. So um, it's New yeah. York, too. So. Yeah. so what I wanted to say was, um, do I take Norvast for blood pressure or do I maybe get a little bit more garlic powder in my life? Or do I have food or supplements? Because like you said, supplement is a word for a reason because it's not a drug. So I think that's where you're right. Um, power to the patient. And the last yeah. three years, we're not going to talk about COVID because I ain't trying to get this. This thing's going to be on YouTube, and I'm I, and I'm not trying to get this flagged. And the vaccines are safe yeah. and effective, and and help prevent hospitalizations. <laughs> Everyone get vaccinated. <laughs> I know Demar Hamlin won't. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, look, he's not allowed to talk about the vaccine, but I tell you this: uh, the media is, is avoiding asking him if he's going to get the booster. I'll tell you that because we know the answer for to sure. That. But um. Yeah, so power to the patient. And that's what's gotten lost the last three years. Yeah. Right? I want I want to give you a little bit of the floor, and I promise you, we ain't, we're not ignoring this water thing, but you, when you had cancer, right? Mm -hmm. And you're going through chemotherapy. For everyone that doesn't know her backstory, go to volleymag.com, just Google search Jen Ketty. It is, and she wasn't trying to do this, but it was an absolute tearjerker in just this woman's journey. And and it's not how you fall down, it's how you get back up. You were one tough son of a bitch. You know, um, you, 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 I mean, man, um, there's a reason why I asked you back. We, we, we had a great time and I felt like there was so much more to talk <laughs> about, right? And I can't even shut up. But there was a choice where you had to take a drug where the doctor's like, okay, you gotta kind of take this the rest of your life. And you were kind of like, um, what else are you selling? Walk me through that, walk us through the situation. Um, you, you, you had cancer, right? You, um, it was a tumor. I think you thought you were pregnant or were pregnant at the time. It was in Germany, right? Mm -hmm. you know, the land of socialized medicine, not exactly, you know, not dragging their heels on things. So yeah. walk me through whatever you want to, um, but def for sure, get into the patient option here. Where do you want me to start? Start with cancer, the cancer. You, you were playing, okay. you're playing professional volleyball in Germany and, you know, you were, you know, yippee, I'm gonna have to have a baby and glad I didn't because that guy was a jerk or I don't know, but no, <laughs> no, no, yeah. no, whoa, whoa, whoa. See how you let me keep talking? Skip that part. <laughs> Jesus Christ, skip that that part. Let me not talk about this. Skip that part and let's talk about um what happened and, and the tumor and you know, the discovery or yeah. wherever you want to start. Yeah, no, I uh I wanna preface by what we're saying, like the power of the patient every it, like it's so important for everyone to be their own advocate and make their own choices and then empower themselves to like take responsibility for the choice that they're making right like i just because i've gotten so much flack for doing chemo or 
you know, you'll get flack for not doing chemo. It's just everyone wants a say. So make a decision for that's best for you, you know, and, and roll with it. Like trust that you can make the right decision while also getting input from others, but taking it with a grain of salt and just being like, you know what, I am my own. I'm like the best advocate for myself. Um, so I just want to preface by saying that. So cancer casual. Uh, yeah, I was in Germany playing professional volleyball and I didn't really have any crazy symptoms. It wasn't until I like had to put on nice clothes that were tighter versus like sweatpants that I was always wearing. And I just noticed that I looked pregnant. Like I looked like I was two months pregnant and I had a boyfriend at the time. So I was like, Oh my gosh, this is, this is not good. Uh, so I go to the doctor and that's when they told me that they were like, Oh yeah, it's not a baby. It's a huge tumor. It's so big. We don't even know where it starts and ends. And I was like, as soon as they said that in my head, I was like, Oh, I have cancer. And then they go, Oh, well, not all tumors are bad. Like this, you know, don't worry. And I was like, Is there such a thing as a good tumor? Shut up. I was like, Wait, the fact that something is growing there and it's huge, like that can't be good. So, and mind you, like, burger. Go ahead. Yeah. And like, (laughs) mind you, I didn't have this like prior, right? So it was quick, it grew fast. Um, So I got the CT scan and I walk in the, I walk in the doctor's office in Germany and of course there's two people sitting there and they just look at you like you have cancer. So I walked in there and as soon as I saw them, I was like, okay, we're doing this. Uh, Sat me down, you know, told me, you know, we can't tell you to be sure, you know, we can't tell you for sure, but we're 99% sure you have cancer. Um, And again, they still didn't know where it was, where it was located, what kind, all these things. So they're sitting there telling me, you know, next steps, uh, what we do, you know, we need to get this out right away. Um, do we do blood tests? We do biopsies. We do, you know, we need to get you going right away. And I was like, okay, so what are my options? And they said, well, this was December 17th. And they said, okay, well, you know, uh, everyone's on holiday right now. And then we can put you on the list to, uh, get in line for your tests, which, is the yeah so that's the fun little socialist medicine that people don't think about is you're telling me that i have to get this out right now but i can't go and get tested until february it's december 17th i would have been dead the emergency surgery crew the emergency surgery crew was gonna show up in february when it's december 17th so like i'm pretty sure i would have been dead if i would have gone that route so you know instead it's like okay do i go home or do I stay in Germany and hope for the best? And everything just kind of, it was like God, like everything fell into place. Uh, there was one seat left on the plane. This was on a Tuesday. There was one seat left on the plane to go home on Friday. Um, just all these like really, like God just had his hand in it and was like, hey, like this is what we're doing. So flew home and I did the whole, I did the surgery. They removed a tumor the size of a football from my right ovary. It had spread pretty much everywhere except for the other side, which is just crazy. Um, so I did the chemo and I was on I was on so much medication. I had to give myself shots twice a day in the stomach for blood thinners. I was on steroids. I was on anti-nausea medication. I was on, gosh, 
like so much medication <laughs> just for everything that, right? Like it's either, am I going to die from chemo or am I going to die from cancer? Right. So there's like the balance of, Hey, we're going to pump you full of chemo and then you've got to take all these meds to like try and survive. So I was in the emergency room like four different times for four different things, blood clots, um, allergic reactions, no white blood cells. Um, so I was just on so much medication and I was not a medication person. I wouldn't even take an ibuprofen if I had a headache. It was just, Hey, let's drink more water. And because of the, you know, seriousness of what I was going through, I, in my head was like, okay, I'm going to do what the doctors tell me. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to rewire my brain. I'm going to have a different perspective. I'm going to go, it's not going to be chemo. It's going to be juice. We're just going to get juice because this is going to save our life. Like that was the mindset I had to have. Otherwise it was like telling myself how toxic it was could have also probably killed me. Right. Like mindset is everything. So I just had to like change my perspective on what I was doing. It was when I finished chemo that I was like, okay, we're done with this. Like now I need to detox my body from all of that, that I just put in it. And so my plan was like, I want to be off all medication. I, I don't want to be taking anything. And of course they tell you, you know, this is something you're going to deal with for the rest of your life. Like all these side effects, we can't help you. We're going to put you on meds. Like you're 26 years old. This is going to be, a marathon, not a sprint. Like that was, that was their plan for me. And I was just, something just told me that's not, no, that's not what we're going to do. Running's not your sport. Sprinting is. <clears throat> yeah. I'm more of a sprinter and I, there's just no way that that is good for me to be on medication for the rest of my life. When I still also had this ambition to play professional volleyball. Like I was like, there's just, there's gotta be another way. Like I cannot, I cannot do this. They wanted me on blood thinners. They wanted me on, I don't even know what they would have put me on for the neuropathy, for the yeah, migraines. True. That with the Coumadin, right? Or, or Warfarin or whatever. Yeah. I have um, no idea. I didn't, My yeah. they gave me the prescription and my mom was like, let's go pick it up. And I was like, I don't want to do it. And she was like, well, let's get it just in case. And uh, the the whole, what I totally skipped was the part where they could not admit that it was from the chemotherapy. I went in there and I told him everything that was going on. And he said, mm, it's probably just from like how much you were sitting down during chemo. And I was like, what? That's your answer? I was like, "That's that doesn't sound right. Like, I'm pretty sure I'm fine. I went and walked two miles after every chemo treatment. And I went to the gym after every chemo treatment. Was, like he, just, to, he was, just to offset. He was thinking liability was a concern. Right, I like if if it, if we he suggested the chemo and you got hurt from the chemo, he'd, he'd have a hell of a lot to answer for, wouldn't he? I just don't think that there's any. I don't think there's any sort of liability when it comes to those treatments. Like you no, sign your no, life but there away. There is informed consent, right? Yeah. I mean, they, they have to let you know the, the all of all of the 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 risk that they know, not right. Not just the major. Well, ones. and that's you go in before you start chemo. You sign so many papers. Right. And it's just walking you through. Fine I mean, print. I did three, I did three different types of chemos. Mm -hmm. Like you sign, you basically are signing your life away to big pharma. Yeah. And, and you know, it's crazy. Like, I, what, Jen, what they oh, make no. you sign, they're sitting there waiting for your signature. And, and there's sometimes you're like, you know, this is like two pages long or you're, you're why are you sitting there right. staring at me waiting for me to sign this? Can, do I get to read this? I didn't, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt that, but I just wanted everyone to, uh, uh, um, I don't, I'm, I'm 
shit. Yeah, they're just like waiting for you to. They're just waiting for you to sign, and they're telling you the the things that could happen. And the you know the best one is of course. And there is a chance that you could develop another cancer from chemo, and there is a chance you could die. It's like they're lift, you know. Mm -hmm. And I like I said, chemo. I mean, chemo saved my life. Yeah, like I. Who knows what would have happened if I chose to go another route? Like it was so aggressive, it was so fast growing. Like it really did. I mean, I it saved my life, which is why I tell people I'm like chemo saved my life, and the water saved me from chemo. Like that worked together to get me to where I am now. But yeah, it was. Uh, so there that, was just so that was your alternative um, from taking medication um, for the rest of your life. You're like, I'm not going to, I'm going to go with option B water. Well, and you know what? I didn't even know that there was an option B. I just in my gut was like, this is not right for you. And I just was like, no. And I had no idea at that point what I was going to do. I just said no. And that, I think it was that day or the next day, my friend had posted something about the water. And I had never heard of it. Well, I had heard of it a year and a half prior. I actually tried it from him. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh, this is for old sick people. I don't need it. <laughs> uh, and so yeah. I, I saw him post something and I reached out to him. And I didn't, I didn't even know what it did. I didn't know, like, I did not know really anything about it other than he had sent me some info on, you know, disease cannot survive in an alkaline environment. And then also you know, this water has antioxidants. And what they told me, the reason my cancer happened was free radicals. Again, had no idea what any of this was. So I did a lot of Googling. Mm -hmm. And so when he sent me that info, I was like, I might as well try it. Like the odds of it coming back. I just recently, I might get emotional. So forgive me. I just recently read something that was like the type of chemo that I did. My odds of survival were... 50% after taking it and the side effects of like, Oh, your kidneys could fail in, you know, five years. Like you could still die from this chemo five years down the road. And that was like, not only are people battling then against the chemo that they've taken to try and kill the cancer, but it's like, they're also battling the five-year mark of, Hey, are you going to make it five years without your cancer coming back? So it's like, it's just crazy. And like how many people are diagnosed with cancer every day, every year. And that's the option that we have, that we're given. It's and a coin toss. Yeah. You're literally just like, I guess we'll see if it works. Dude, I feel like you have a better chance of winning server side <laughs> before the match starts when the referee calls captains. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, it's 50-50. Um, it's a coin, but God, right. think, think about the amount of times you won that coin toss and think about the, um, the think about this time that you won this, you know? Yeah, God, no, God is, God I, is good, uh, uh, um, Jen. Yeah, I when it, I was like, it's being an athlete completely prepared me for this, which sounds so dumb to compare sports and cancer, but I'm not kidding you. Uh, the adversity that us athletes deal with and the mental fortitude that you have to have going into these certain situations. Again, there is no comparison. However, I approached this and I was like, okay, this is the match for my life. 
like the only we only have the like we can only win like that's our option here um and that mindset and just going into it with that mindset i tell people all the time that you your mindset going into cancer can it can either like keep you alive or it can kill you so like Mm. what are you going to choose like yeah, you have a decision I mean, to make. You either are gonna fight for your life, or you're just gonna you're gonna die. That's, you're gonna die. That's 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 not a false dichotomy, Jen. That's a true dichotomy. Your your argument is is literally limited to only two choices: live yeah. or die. And I'd like to express the caveat about having a healthy lifestyle and being an elite athlete. All right. I know some people play high school sports and this and that, but we're talking about a completely different animal. We're talking about a professional athlete and the general nutrition and and all the things that prepare you uh, just to play, assuming you actually have the skill to play because you could do all that (laughs) and still suck and still lose. It's like, man, I did all that working (laughs) out and I I, I suck. Right. Which is, which is basically the the American male, uh, um, uh, beach, (laughs) beach professional. I did all this work. I'm like, no, you really didn't do didn't do the work okay the women yeah um sorry i I didn't mean to jump off that but you think about every disease that you get right when you have the flu and you're a healthy person sometimes it's gnarly and sometimes it's just a sniffle you know uh, um my wife got covid um and she credits she credits the you know the vaccination and the booster but i'm telling i am telling you straight up that woman runs every day she walks every day she she's 45 and and could play a tournament with you tomorrow and win one lose one (laughs) winners bracket win one lose one contenders bracket in an already heavily littered american you know savage you know population and i guess the reason why i'm bringing this up is because viruses in order for the virus to go away there's two there's two ways you got to let it run its course and, and and it'll be disinterested and, or not, right? Or you inject it with you inject yourself with something just as deadly or more deadly, where the virus has no interest in being there. Because a virus, you can't kill it, but it can only survive if it has a live, a live, a living host. Yes. All right? So that's what happened. I mean, guys, go watch World War Z, man. You get all the bro science you want from this, right? They, they beat yeah. they beat the zombie apocalypse by injecting themselves with something that was going to kill them and and vaccinating themselves from it. So, yeah. and that's why chemotherapy um is an option. And and as far as power to the patient is concerned, someone comes to you clean, these are all other side effects. This is better than nothing. That level of honesty where you make the active choice to do it or do not is what I think the practice of good medicine is made of. And yeah. informed consent and power to yes. the patient. You made this choice. And then you knew when this choice was made when chemo saved your life. And I sound like I'm just echoing the sentiments of your story. Uh, um you made another choice and you know and and that's working out you're you're you know you you just recently won last year in tavares florida uh, um with with someone you only trained with for less than not even three weeks she got sick right she had food poisoning or something we practiced we had a practice the day before the tournament Mm -hmm. yeah just us two (laughs) that's it and it was the perfect storm it was the timing it was kind of one of those honeymoon phase type things where we're like dude I like your spike. I like your look. I like, <laughs> yeah. I like your look. <laughs> right? Wow, you're like, so good. I like the water you drink. I like the way you drink your water. <laughs> you know, it was, come on, when you're in that yeah. state, 
and you can play this sport. Are you kidding? I mean, it's the best. Yeah, the other team, the intensity's all turned up, and they're getting these points, and you're just like, cool, all right. One more set. Yeah. You're like, set three then, you know? Isn't that liberating? Yeah. Isn't that liberating? Yes. Yeah. It's uh, it's just great to know that when you are in a space of like, I'm just happy to be here and I'm enjoying being on the sand right now. I'm enjoying playing with this person. Like, what 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 else is there? Like, and it's it sounds so <laughs> dramatic, but the whole the whole cancer thing, I mean, it literally changed my entire perspective on everything. Like volleyball now is a gift. Like it's not something I stress about that I'm like forcing myself into and I have to perform this way and I have to finish, I have to finish in this position and I have to make this much money. Like it's literally just like, wow, this yeah. is so cool that I get to do this. Yep. I'm going to ask you what uh, Kangen water or Kangen water is in a minute, but I wanted to say something really cool. Um, and I think I said this the last time we were on the podcast, but bears repeating uh, UFC fighter, Dominic Cruz. Um, 135-pound champ. He was a WC champ for a little bit, or was he? I don't know. It doesn't matter. UFC, he fought in the 135-pound division, and he was a champion, and he got injured. And his injury kept, you know, he, he'd come back, he'd train, and, you know, try to get his title back or whatever. He'd get injured again. And then, like, a year later, you know, he's still riddled with this this stupid injury. And then something happened where he, you know, he was doing media, and he said something you can definitely agree with, and I think a lot of the people can appreciate as well. Um, the title doesn't define who I am, you know. When and for a while it did define who he was. You know, he had a title, a uh, shot in a recent or another organization, lost to Uriah Faber, and it, and it killed him. And and he is obsessed with it. And, mm -hmm. and I mean, sometimes a healthy exception uh, obsession, and sometimes an unhealthy obsession. And I just wanted to finish by saying two things. One. Once he decided the title doesn't define who he is, it's just one of the many things he is and not who he is as a collective whole. He won the belt back. <laughs> yeah. And the second yes. thing is, and you'll appreciate this because you were talking about this, the emotional roller coaster, right? Things in your life that are complicated and things in your life that are simple are not navigated by intellectual choices. You would think it was intellectual. They're navigated by emotional choices. Yes. The things that make things in your life simple or complicated, I'll say that in a different way, the same way, are, are not well, like, wow, that was a, a well thought out decision. No, you went the majority of it. In fact, I can't even think about anything in my life I've done intellectually that's, that's exponentially right heightened it or right it. it's it, it it comes from emotion and and then your intellectual choices are like okay i did this out of emotion where do i go from here <laughs> yeah it's not no, it's literally responding weird? versus reacting <laughs> yes it's so weird like as you're saying it i'm thinking i'm like nothing about some of the dis like a lot of the decisions i made were logical no. Like the doctors told me they were like, you're not allowed to go to the gym. There's too many germs. Like you're at too high of a risk. And I was like, go deliver well, someone's I'm gonna baby. Go. Yeah, go deliver someone's baby. Sorry. I was, yeah, I was like, well, I'm going to go because that's my happy place. And it also is like, that's how I'm going to like fight this is by going and working out. And so that was not logical, but I, and I did it anyway, you know? Right. It's, 
Well, yeah. the reason why is because we don't know everything. If you put everything right. on an intellectual level, it's based on what you've learned or what other people taught you. And, and, but you have to leave a little bit of room, not a lot of room, that they might be wrong. Yes. You have to leave. There are some things that are researched for years, like wearing a seatbelt, fine. You know, it's been tested. We use crash test dummies. Cool. I'm going to wear a seatbelt, right? Which is why <laughs> I always hate the seatbelt yeah. comparison with other things, right? We literally, yeah. we, we didn't need human uh, um, testing for that. Or we, like wearing we, a helmet. We had literal crash test dummies, all right, yeah. as yeah. people. And sometimes things are log seem logical and sensible, but not right. And mm -hmm. you, you've done your life is a, is a living sample size of that. Something, something it didn't. Some of the things you've done in your life were not logical, did not make sense. But as a net result, turned out right. And I'm not talking yes. about a busted clock fallacy. You, you got a watch that's right twice a day. I'm not. I'm talking about leaving room that some something or someone can be wrong. Yeah. Trusting your gut is like this outdated thing. And it's crazy because in public, people are like, no, I don't go by gut. I go by logic. But and behind closed doors, they go with their gut. You yeah. Know? Right? Like, like I'll give you an example. We were talking about DeMar Hamlin, the Buffalo Bills player that got injured last year, right? Everyone jumped, went, came to the front and, and said, oh, I don't want any conspiracy nuts to talk about the vaccine and this and that. And I'm like, no one even said anything about it yet before anyone, yeah. before anyone can say anything about it, right? So, so, but I will say this, whether you're on one side of that argument or the other, um, it was logical for him to, to make those choices. But his gut, I'll bet you his gut said he didn't get that booster. Right. <laughs> right? Behind closed yeah. doors, right? He didn't get that booster. For sure. You know, uh, um, so uh, so it's weird because this, there are a lot of people that have this this um, intellectual shaming that turns into moral preening, right? But but at the end of the day, when it comes to themselves or maybe even their children, right? You got a lot riding on that too. If you got kids, uh, um, mm -hmm. they're gonna they're gonna follow their gut, <laughs> and your gut's based on your experience, right? Right. I saw a I guy. Just, I saw a guy, I saw a big red truck, right, and a bunch of guys with hard hats with a, with a water hose, and they had a Dalmatian. Dude, I mean, there's logic that follows my gut. That might be a firefighter, man. Those, those might be firefighters, right. dude. Yeah. Um. Right. I just, you know, but that throwing it but, out there. Yeah. But just because they're doing all that, I mean, don't does not make. I'm not talking about that. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> it doesn't right. mean I'm a firefighter, man. But sorry, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> You're going to say, no, I just to be so to need to have um, every all the answers, mm -hmm. I think, is where people become closed minded. Like, it's like, well, well, that's not logical. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, OK, well. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I'm just I don't need to have all the answers. I'm going to trust what I feel is best. And yeah. you can always change your mind. Yeah. Look, um, I can use my wife as a sample size. All right. Um, you know, academic family went to Harvard. Her dad went to Harvard undergrad. Both parents went to Duke Law School. Um, right. She works in finance. I'm a moron from Brooklyn who, who you know, joined the army. No, you're not. Uh, played NCAA volleyball for one semester. Didn't even go to class. Finally smartened up, auditioned, studied theater. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you that. know, study theater. I was in the BFA program at Marymount Manhattan. And when we started dating, our mutual friends were like, 
you know, they're saying, hi, hey, pleased to meet you. And when I walk away, they're like, so, um, what, what do you two talk about? <laughs> it so wasn't like, what do you logical. guys, how do you get along? It wasn't logical. And it yeah. made no sense. And here we are. November, this November will make it year 12. Because it's because it ain't logical, it ain't sensible, but it's right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like it just because it's right on paper doesn't mean it's no right. No, I'm, that's connected. right. Like yeah, it's crazy. But here, yeah. but here we are. You know, and <laughs> and let me tell you something. I got a down ass girlfriend. I I do. When um, I said wife, but girlfriend, but we're practically married. You're we even, we even yeah, got yeah. a kid. We're doing it like the Puerto Rican way. Uh, um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> New York, Puerto Rican way. Sorry, New York. Yeah. But it's one of those things. I'll just put it this way for the guys out there. If you're lucky enough to have a girl that lets you do whatever you want, go wherever you want, but she asks you to take care of one or two things, do the one or two things. <laughs> do, do, do the one or two things, man. <laughs> happy wife, happy life. And I'm back. But like also not asking too much. One or two things. Just do that. If you're lucky. Guys out there. Guys out there. If you're lucky enough. Because there's some trifling women out there. Where that, whatever you do is not enough. Okay. Whatever you do is not enough. But if you're lucky enough. And it does involve some luck. Okay. This is goes beyond logic and and sense right luck yes uh, um yes. if you're lucky enough to have some to have someone it's like you could i'm not saying you can't do whatever do whatever the hell you want but when it comes to these two things take care of those two things I'm yeah like, and i'm like <laughs> deal <laughs> put your hand out we could shake hands right we're shaking e yeah. hands <laughs> she's like i'm cold i'm not putting my hand out oh there it is i <laughs> know my hand is actually cold it's free. oh my god i it's crazy no logic no sense but i can see the brick i can see the yeah. coldness <laughs> just got off mount Everest. Yeah. yeah so that's what yeah. we're teaching everybody just do it's right right and we're not saying yes. we're not saying screw logic we're just saying you know when you have an answer there's nothing wrong with um um continuing to ask the question that's this, this podcast which is why i'm so glad to have you uh my, the purpose of this podcast was to talk about things and, and you and I can raise a question that you, me and the audience can can answer together. All right. Yeah, I talk a lot of, you know, junk and, and I pretend to have all the answers. But that's not man, that's not true. I don't, I don't have one. I don't No, <laughs> I mean, no one has all the answers. No, but I pretend to and I but it's the, the, the reality is I don't, you know, <laughs> Right. Every question you asked me, I had an answer for that. Like, and and I answered as if I was glad you asked. But man, I'm scared. To, I'm scared as hell of questions. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> She's like me too. <laughs> I'm like, go. Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready to answer anything. I know. However. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, here's a question by one of the fans. Did you have self-esteem issues growing up? I want to say no, because I don't remember it. However, mm -hmm. yes. Um, I think, you know, everyone's got some self-esteem stuff. Yeah, I, my brothers, my family members used to call me fat for some reason, and I wasn't fat. So here we are today. Uh, <laughs> but no, I was, I was so obsessed with sports that uh, anything around self-esteem, like I was just so obsessed with sports. Like I didn't care about much other than that. Um, and I honestly think it saved me like just being so naive to like the world around me. Yeah, dude, ignorance you know? is, yeah, I mean, 
Yeah, ignorance is bliss. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I'm I'm sure that people made fun of me for being tall. I'm sure of it, right? And like, any weight they... and any weight you put on when you're tall is something someone's always gonna like highlight, right? Like right, like tearing clothes, right? So skinny, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like tearing clothes. Like if you look at her body type, like I look at tearing clothes, and those are the two girls I actually literally follow because I'm not a fan of the sport. I'm I'm just a fan of of no, I'm not a fan of players. I'm I'm a purist of the sport, but I have my exceptions. Yeah. and there's those two. Um, and the men I'll tell you in a minute. But I look at her and I tease my mind. I'm like, you know, when she stops playing, that girl's going to get fat, right? <laughs> I'm like, you know, you know, that girl's going to get fat when she stops playing, right? But that that's my impulse to think that because that body type um, can ha have places to put it, right? Like um, a woman like that, it will sneak up on you when you're looking the wrong way, right? So uh, I'm, I'm actually totally kidding because I, I have no idea what, Taryn Cloth, you know, I, actually, I'm half kidding because I know those those two eat when they're not there. They they're on social oh, media. For sure. Those two eat like pregnant women do. Those two men. <laughs> sorry, I rephrase. Those two eat like athletes. <laughs> athletes need a lot yeah. of food. <laughs> no, we're but just I'm, fueling our bodies. Mm -hmm. No, but Taryn knows I'm I'm actually teasing, and and maybe I picked the wrong example because she does strike me as someone that might be a little bit sensitive about that because when you're this tall girl towering over everybody sometimes you grow up wanting the hunch to fit with the pack but but i think i'm right about her because if you look at her posture when she's standing next to people she she's standing tall and either you're yeah. either you're up there with her or you're not and yeah that's that goddess thing you have a lot of that too oh my god you have a lot of that jen um you're oh, taller you. than everybody you, you know if you're in a play right and they put you in the ensemble cast you're not gonna, you stand tall and make the cast and director feel sorry he did that um i'm yeah. the lead <laughs> you know? yeah so so um yeah so self-esteem not so bad totally oblivious that's what we're going with it's um yeah i mean not fully i mm. think especially being a woman like there's so many body image issues that come up and just like the comparison um and i'm i won't lie that's something i've dealt with my whole life and finding the balance has you know it's i still struggle with it mm -hmm. um but when i was younger i don't i don't remember that ever being an issue it wasn't until i got to college and then the weird comments you get from people was like oh i never thought about it that way you know and then you start to that's when you start to question it allowing people to give their opinions and it's you know kind of becomes who you are so well people like to put you in a slot right like when i grew yeah. up when i grew up i was 250 pounds um and then when i got in the military i blew up again i got in shape and then i blew up again i got as high as 265 and then you know i got my stepfather and my whatever saying you know i go clothes shopping and they're like that's not for people like you you know Oh, that's gosh, that's yeah. that's straight fit that's slim fit that's not for people like you and and when people say that and you trust them based on their experience you become that right yeah um think about the people you grew up in the ultimate reversals think about like the people you grew up that were really really skinny and now they're like huge because they've accepted yeah. that at a certain age their body changes they've accepted that and your body changes but it changes the kind of the way you want right in my opinion but I went from 265 right now. I'm two. I'm 210, you know. In a perfect world, I'd like to be 205. I'm, you know, that's my, 
walk around like my um self-esteem narcissist narcissist weight where i think i'm yeah like oh so cute so but there's always there's always the perfect the perfect body type i think when you get older like my awareness now Mm -hmm. looking back on those things that people said to me like for example i was in college my freshman year i was not fat like at no point was i fat no Mm -hmm. and (laughs) i'll never forget my teammate i went to a party with them and i'll never forget Jen, uh, roll your shirt up so it makes me feel better. And I was like, what? It's like, why would that make you feel better? And then it was like, a, oh, she's saying because I'm fat. And so that, I mean, that spiraled into a whole number of issues. But now I look back and I'm like, any time that someone, like people say stuff like that, it's coming, like, Humans don't, that's not innately what we want to say to people, right? Like, I believe that we all love and appreciate people. It's when the insecurities creep in and Mm. those like lower vibrational emotions and the lower state is when you, that's, that's what you say to someone. So now having the awareness, it's like, oh man, I, I totally feel for that person. Back then. Yeah. That's like. It's terrible for. That's, that's like a. That's the making of an eating disorder right yeah, there. Yeah, and a woman you too. Know? You know, I don't mean to be sexist, yeah. but like doing that to a woman. You know, guys yeah. were a little bit more thick-skinned. I'm not that thick I'm not that guy. I'm thick-skinned with everything else. <laughs> Couldn't be me. I'm thick-skinned with everything else, except when it yeah. came in my weight. Because I was, you know, when I got in the military and I was still playing volleyball, I could, in my 20s, I could still jump. And, I, you know, and I, I had a jump serve that looked like hits. Um, but... You know, I'd be in Central Park, right, and I'd go changing my shirt. And when I'm taking off my shirt to change my shirt, like one of my friends was like, whoa, you know, oh, man, yo, I need sunglasses. I don't need to see that. And you know, when you do that, he thinks it's funny, right? But when yeah. you're doing that and there's maybe a girl you were talking to and a girl you kind of like and she kind of likes you and, and he does that like in front of her, you know, I don't care how old you are. That's not yeah. just, that's not a teenage problem. That was, no. uh, you know, I was 27 years old when he did that, you know, and... And I was like, man, you, and you want to say something back, but if you say something back, it's worse because it's not like, oh, oh, you're being sensitive now and this and that or whatever and this and that over over your own body, which you have control over, right? So they're, they're, right. They're, they're, so you feel ashamed in so many ways and, and not just ashamed, embarrassed, inferior, uh, um, you know, you know, no, and, and everything you bring to the table that goes beyond that doesn't mean anything to, 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 to that person and no longer means anything to you because right. they're like they don't care what I am they just care about this you know and and I went through that phase and it sucked and it hurt it really really hurt it bad yeah you know and, and I, I don't know somewhere I got married and then I got divorced and then I took on a trainer who by the way happened to be a pharmaceutical rep from Pfizer um got crazy me, yeah I, I mean I was thinking this, you know, she's a personal trainer, but I'm like, she's probably going to try to get me on some drugs. But no, she's like, how many times a day are you eating? And I'm like, twice. She's like, what? She said, breakfast? I said, no. She's like, what? So she got yeah. me to eating five times a day. Try to get me to go in the gym, but I have I had a military workout that I liked. And she's like, you know, that takes longer. And I'm like, yeah, but the results last longer. Right? Then, yeah. You know, um, so I took a year and I got I went from 265 and got as low as 186. Whoa. Yeah, yeah that's a backstreet boy, right? That's a lot, that's a lot of weight. Uh, um, yeah. But then cumulatively rounded off to, uh, or net weight rounded off to um, 
to 200 to 205. That's my, that's what I call my natural. Yeah. Yeah. Because 185 was too light for me. 185, I was at the Pottstown Rumble and a girl your height actually gave me a friendly shove and I fell. <laughs> oh my God. You know, like we were flirting all the whole time. So she yeah. walked by. She tried to do one of those, excuse me, walk by things. <laughs> she did it. And she knocked you down. Oh my 186. Gosh. No, no, I, no, I, nope. Yeah, that's not it. No, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> You'd feel so bad if you knocked a guy down, friendly bumping him. You, you're trying to pick I'd him up. I'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry. That's what happens. Like, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah. sorry, I don't know my own strength. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed the jump, the the the, the 11 inches I got from losing the weight and. Being able oh, to yeah. jam, you know, being part of the 11 foot club finally, you know, um, and being on a team, you know, that won nationals twice. I didn't go to nationals, but, you know, just being around people that I've, yeah. I felt like I deserved to be around, you know, and of yes. course, my social life, just like you're and then you have For old sure. friends just just to finish. You have friends that think you're sick, like friends that know you for a long time. Maybe they haven't seen yeah. you in a year. They're like, that looks like him, but that's not him. Okay. He's swinging his left arm, his right staying still, because that's how I used to walk around when I play volleyball. I'm lefty. Yeah. And you'll watch lefties. They A lot of them walk walk around. The, some of them just swing their left and their right still, because lefties, lefties heavily favor their left more than righties favor their right. Um, yeah, so self-esteem, got it. You know, this and that, got it. I still, I, this morning, before I got on the podcast with you, I still thought I'm, I'm, st I'm like, I'm, I'm fat. It still, it still bothers me. It still, it's it still, a, yeah. it still haunts me, you know? Yep. And I'm yeah. not, look at me. I'm freaking right. normal, right? I mean, I don't even look too, this doesn't even look 210. You know? Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm a skinny it's 210 crazy. girl. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. No, that's a lifelong, uh, that's a lifelong battle for some people. Mm. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's crazy. The guy that used to tease me, he's now. He was hospitalized as a pre-diabetic. He got up to 280. So, uh, you know, and and all I could do is be like, bro, please be healthy. Please take care of yourself. Yeah. Not, not like, not like, you know, karma's karma's a, you know, a bit. I didn't, I wasn't, I'm not that guy. I'm not, I'm not a, I'm well, not and a, again, I'm it, not comes, a it came from a place person. of insecurity for him. Yeah. You know, like mm -hmm. it has nothing, it never has anything to do with the person. God, he's listening to this right now. <laughs> oh man no but you're he, doing I'm, great no but i'm glad he knows that i'm not i'm not that guy i'm just like dude i've been there take care of yourself yes yeah. i told you but i told you what made me lose the weight last podcast right so i saw a guy on the train that looked like me um in new york he's sitting in one of those two-seaters but he's taking up the whole thing and he was like 300 but he had like my hair my kinky hair and he had a 20 piece like chicken mcdonald's chicken mcnuggets and he's looking for a place to put it, right? And he put it on his stomach. And no. just started eating chicken McNuggets off his stomach. And I'm sitting across from him and I'm like, Whoa, that's me. Yeah. Dude, that's me. If I keep effing keep keep effing around, dude. That's you. If you keep keep this up, if you that, that's you, dude. So yeah. I'm so happy you had the ability to like look at that and be like, I don't want that for myself. So a lot of people don't No, look sometimes you find like from a religious perspective sometimes you find jesus on your own and sometimes you get scared straight 
Uh, yeah. God, Lord, Mostly give me a ladder, right. Lord, give me a sign. <laughs> yes, that was you, yeah. man. You were singing DMX when you were going through chemotherapy. I was like, give me through this, and I'll do anything you want. <laughs> right. I really need yeah. to talk to you, Lord, because the last time we talked, the road has been hard. <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe he's dead? R.I.P. Oh no, God, I used to. Yeah. I see Jeff Samuels when I see DMX. Because the look, right? You don't, they don't even I'm talk so the same. I'm so glad you said it. They don't even talk the same, right? <laughs> In the name of Jesus, <laughs> devil, I rebuke you. To Jeff Samuels no. being like, look, sometimes you push, you, you <laughs> anger your platform, right? And sometimes it's a J-hook pass, you know? Right? You talk to Jeff on the phone, you think blonde-haired surfer, dude. You're not thinking, yeah. you're not thinking black, right? That's hilarious. Yes. Yes. For those of oh. you, I'm a volleyball guy. For those of you that don't, you know, follow the sport, Jeff Samuels is one of the only African-American players on the tour. It was my honor, duty, and privilege to be his coach for like four, uh, an average of four tournaments a year. Uh, we coached together in the summer, so he's not just a friend. He's a brother from another. So moment. you're why he's such a good hand setter, huh? Yeah. Well, I'm an indoor setter, so no. My, I'm a fast release guy. <laughs> uh, me too. Me but, too. But how about that? Let's talk about, right? We talk, when we talk about great setters, how about the guys whose hands are, I, I mean, just unjustifiably ignored? Jeff's got some hands, dude. Yeah, he does. His release and the, I do it like, yeah. I give this you the set you want. Yeah. No, he's an amazing setter. Yeah. You using your hands more? I'm supposed to. Yeah. It just you know every time i go to handset mm -hmm. there's just like why don't we just bump set i'll do i'll handset next time yep. also there's this issue of like i'll go to handset and i'm so nervous that i i go to handset and i'm pulling my hands out and i'm like mm. oh god no i can't set with those right yeah, so then i go to bump setting i mean it i think it matters less to women because you consider the height of the women who are almost the same size as men you think you consider the height of the net which is significantly lower than the men's like where your bump setting you, you kind of keep almost the same court vision as if someone if, as if your hand setting because where your forearms are at the bottom of the tape anyway or the middle of the tape yeah but think about six four girl hand setting and then every once in a while just last minute switches and d seconds over like hmm. right that. yep like my hand is over the net when i'm standing there i mean also consider the last what four gold medalists on the women's scene how many of them are hand setters true true all right april and alex bump yeah. setters um luke uh, uh vulcan horse and ludwig you know bump setters and before that would be an unfair comparison because the the evolution of a women hand setting is significant is exponentially higher right. than what it was the last yes. olympics so it would be unfair to go before that point with misty and carrie or whatever but right but consider you know the the you know the the Brazilians, the only the only girl I really handset back in the day was Larissa, right? So yeah, yeah, but yeah, that's dude, very true. Let's talk, dude. Let's talk about um. Let's talk about Kangen water, Kangen water, Kongen, Kongen. Yeah, <laughs> that's like you trying to pronounce my it. last name. I, I'm like Debilius. <laughs> yeah. Dude, my uh, uh, I just hired an assistant, and she jokingly calls it Cajun water. So you call it whatever you want. So you said a type of water changed your life. 
And you've kind of been about that life when it comes to water and the importance of it and the evolution and how it enhances people's quality of life, right? Quality of life versus sanctity of life. Guess what? They're kissing cousins right now because of what you're doing with water. Talk to me. I I guess I kind of got a hint on how this whole water thing and you became fishing buddies. But talk me through (laughs) how you got into that. Like last episode we were on, I asked you how you got into volleyball. This episode, I'm asking you how you got into water. Yeah. So, I mean, I told the cancer story and that was kind of the last resort and was told I was going to be on meds for the rest of my life. Didn't, didn't sit with me, invested in the water and just the ability of it to help your body detox and get your body into its, you know, most op- optimal state. Kongen in Japanese means return to origin. So the way that I always explain it is like, it's literally returning your body to its original state of optimal function, right? Like our bodies are incredible. They have the ability to heal themselves if yeah, we provide okay. the right environment. Wow. So yeah, I, I started drinking the water and it, it helped me so much that I was like, this is crazy. And I went to my oncologist and I was like, dude, you told me I was going to be on medication for the rest of my life, that this was going to be a struggle for me. Like I'm, this is no longer a struggle for me. Like how cool that you could use water to help your patients. And he just immediately shot the idea down, like did not want to hear it. And it was, it was kind of in that moment that I was like, you have to share this with people. How many people out there deal with cancer and deal with chemo side effects like you have to share this with people how selfish of you not to and it still took me a few months to even to even post anything about it because I was so worried what people would think like it was like too crazy and uh yeah that's that was the start of the the water journey and just being so I mean the if you think about water physically yes Like that's, you know, people are like detox, like drink water in the morning, drink lemon water in the morning, you know, all these things. Water is a detoxer. Think about the spiritual aspect of water. Like we're in almost religions, you know, different cultures, like water is literally sacred. People baptize in it. It's used for so many different healing modalities. Like it's crazy. And I could go so woo woo and deep into that because it's been years of me like, watching these documentaries and listening to these scientists and naturopaths talk about it. And just water is something that if we're talking logical and versus the gut, again, people, there's no answers to water. So science, like science is like, no, this, this isn't legit. Like you can't explain it. And it's like, so because you can't explain something that's naturally occurring you're deciding that it's not real, essentially. Right. I, why can't they just categorize it as science not yet understood? And how about, you know, what science is about is actually doing experiments and see what works and what doesn't, you know, and, and you're, I mean, and, and water, it's not like you need to find human beings for test trials for it, right? right. We don't need to do this on eight mice. <laughs> right. right. I mean, right. yeah, so, yeah. sorry, continue. Well. No, I'm just, it's, it just goes back to, I think a lot of ego, like, cause you'll, you'll watch a documentary. My favorite one is water has memory. And there are scientists in there who have devoted their entire life's work to studying water. 
And then you'll find a scientist who just decided, well, there's no legit science. So I'm going to say that it's not real. Right. But you, yet you have these other scientists who are so passionate and so obsessed with just water and the fact that it's unexplainable and that, you know, they can't explain certain things of like the crystallization and the literally the water inside your cells, the structure can determine how healthy you are, like all these things. And then they're discredited because they don't have legit answers, right? That's on, that's on paper. Yeah, what, it's, what percentage of your body is water? Um, as you get age, obviously it goes down because we're just like a, a giant grape. You become a raisin when you're old. Right. I would say when you're born, I believe it's almost 90%. So 60 to 90 would be the range throughout someone's age. Even if I yeah. was going to go conservative with that number, that's yeah. be water, my well, friend. <laughs> be Like yeah. Bruce Lee said, be water, my friend. <laughs> be, <laughs> dude, literally, our blood is 99% water. Yeah. Um, it is amazing that the journey you took to this. So what's the name of the, the, um, your company or what you've been doing with this? Enagic. It's like energy plus magic. Enagic. Really cool. <laughs> did you make that um, up? No. Okay. I did not. That's like literally the name is energy plus magic. Um, yeah, no, it's a, it's Enagic. It's a 49 year old company next year, 50 years. Um, just a billion dollar company, no debt, very, very in integrity. Uh, the guy who started it, it's a, like a family business. They've stayed private. They've been offered, I mean, a lot of money to become public and be sold in like the Walmarts, the Best Buys, the Targets, the, the Amazons, the Ebays, whatever. And he yeah. refuses to do it. Well, like, you, I'm not... with that, you have to give up some form of creative control, right? And then next yes, thing you know, the creative control manipulates the product. Yes, go. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, when you go, you know, mm. think about companies mm. that sell to these big corporations, quality just goes down the drain because they want to do everything cheaper. They want to mm. make it cheap and they want to sell it probably for more. Right. So God, God bless this owner. God bless you. God bless you. were talking about naturopathic doctors or homeopathic uh, uh, doctors, not or specialists. Maybe not. Some of them are not MDs. I don't think you need an MD to practice that. Um, but I think you're right in the sense that it's not talked about enough, and it's not uh, um, on someone's high priority list because I guess people are thinking, "What's in it for them?" Is there right. is there any real money in this? There's no real money in this. Why do I care? You know, right. it's just it's just water is water, right? We, we, you know, it's it's that's but that's where the um there's some narcissism involved, but there's also a level of selfishness on how it benefits them, right? There's not a, there's if there's more into this the drug that you take for the rest of your life, that's because that's residual income for the people supplying and providing that, right? Yeah. Versus well, and you think about it. Mm-hmm how many people actually care about their health? Yeah. Like that sounds really bad. Mm -hmm. um, and people think that they're doing really, really good. Right. So, I mean, look at me, for example, I was like, Oh, I'm healthy. I'm a professional athlete. Like all I drink is water. I'm good. This is for old sick people. Right. And I had, I had to be humbled real quick. So yeah, I it's like, interesting. I feel like we about ice. Ice is for old, old ladies. But <laughs> yeah, but sorry, yeah. Go ahead. yeah. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, it's funny. I don't think, which is so crazy. Have we been programmed to think that water is just water? Right. You know what I mean? Like, 
well, it's the awareness is coming out more and more, but it's just, it's very interesting to watch people and listen to people talk about food and nutritional value and what you're getting from your food, but no one talks about water and it's the exact same thing. You can have processed water or you can have natural water. Yeah. When I moved from New York to California, I made sure we had a, um, I did research on like a water filtration systems and this and that. And, um, West coast water has actually been pretty good. And, you know, yeah. I had a conversation with a guy and we, you know, upstairs is, a, is a, we have a purifier. Um, cause in a rare occasion I'll cook, I like to, I make, I'm from Brooklyn, so you gotta be able to make your own sauce, you know, and, it, and yeah. it's not the same when you use hard water out here. It's just, the bread's not the same. Nothing's, nothing's the same. Your laundry's not the same. So people, right. people can't give me this BS thing that water's water. So like, give me a break, you know, and I'm not oh, saying yeah. there's, there's no benefits to hard water. I'm, I'm just saying that. <laughs> Um, just saying, <laughs> right. Um, I'm just saying for all the people out there, you know, on another note, no, you had a thought. Well, I was just going to say a lot of, so that's the funny, that's the funny thing is like people were so focused on the filtration, which is great, right? Like there's a bunch of crap in our water. Like mm -hmm. it should be filtered. The, the thing that people forget about is the nutritional value of like your water, even though it's filtered it's still dead, it's still acidic, and it's still not structured to where you can absorb it and not feel bloated after you drink a big glass of water, you know? So like I tell people, I'm like, it's literally a defibr defibrillator for water and it's just using electricity, <clears throat> excuse me, and shocking it and bringing it, giving its life back. It sounds wild. Yeah. Because we've, we don't talk about it. All right. Well, energy is recycled. It's not right. Yes. It doesn't just disappear and, you know, it gets recycled. Right. So, yeah. On another note, and I'm glad you finished what you were going to say, because I was going to stare us both off the cliff about <laughs> nat naturopathic doctors and homeopathic doctors. I, I remember a friend of mine at work, my old office, um, who also lost 60 pounds, but she had a uh, naturopathic doctor that was that gave her something called a glycemic index, like as far as blood sugar and mm, this and that. Yeah. She was, she actually, she wasn't like, I don't know what type one or type two where one person has it from an unhealthy lifestyle or which which type yeah. has it where you, you, you just, it just happens, you know, you can be perfectly healthy or whatever. But she was the one where the unhealthy lifestyle made her pre-diabetic and she ended up kicking diabetes behind um lost 60 pounds but the funny thing i wanted to say about it difference one of the glaring difference between a naturopathic doctor and a medical practitioner is when you reach your goal you never see them again yeah <laughs> you don't need to see a naturopathic doctor every six months once they stay you on the course and once you know you know and and I remember she was saying, like, their last meeting, she's like, oh, my God, this means I'm not going to see you again. And she's like, yeah, that's the sucky part I've accepted about my job, you know, because you, yeah. you know what happens? You start care. Uh, look, they pay you to do your job. They don't pay you, you if any caring's for your charge. You're not, yeah. right? You don't get extra money. Oh, oh, I, you know what? I get a $10,000 stipend if I pretend to give a shit. You know, that's right. not how that works. No, yes. you, care, you care for free. Yeah. And, and when you're in that line of work, and I'm, I guess I'm speaking for most of them, you're in that line of work and you see someone transform before your very eyes uh, through this evolution, not a revolution. Yeah. Evolution, right? Slow grinding, pride swallowing, inconvenient seed, right? And yes. then you see the end product and their end product. It's like, uh, 
you know, I'm like, you want to get a drink next week? I can't. No, I'm a professional. I'm not asking this person out for a drink, but you become yeah. emotionally invested in that person. Yep. You care of them, you know? So, yeah. You know. I mean, it's a, yeah, it's a one-time investment. The hope, the goal is to not have you be sick for the rest of your life. Like maybe checkups here and there, right? Like mm. you'd go and get blood work done just as a maintenance thing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you're not, you're not coming back every month to get a new prescription. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yep. Ugh. Just it's something. It's and it's something. Yeah. Uh, look, the guy I worked for that changed my lifestyle happened to be a medical practitioner. But I guess when you become a millionaire and millions is enough and billions, you're not. We're like millions. Is, some people millions is not enough. They need billions. But when millions is, is enough, and you just want to do the right thing, like, yeah, you're, you're gonna tell. You're gonna. You're gonna. All of a sudden, your patient has more options and. Yeah, I told yes. you he wrote a book called Power to the Patient. He also wrote a book called Doctor, What Should I Eat? Which was, yeah. you know, uh, 16 weeks, number number one bestseller, right? Roosevelt's, yeah. Dr. Roosevelt's Guide to Alternative Medicine. These are things that, you know, uh, so MD shouldn't be doing. So, so yeah, he's um he's one of those guys that got old enough and got rich enough to like, I'm just going to tell the truth. You know, I got this yeah. patient. He has a patient that insists on drugs. Fine. I'm going to give you the drugs because that's your choice as a patient. And right. consent. But anyone that's like, I want to do something different, he always had answers. And he... Dude, I'm 53 years old. Yeah. And I don't look guess. 53, right? Nope. Mm -mm. I look like a I look like a creepy 35. You know, I was gonna like, say. Yeah. Exactly those hey, words. Hey, little hey little girl. <laughs> what's your name? <laughs> right. You're like a mom. <laughs> yeah. Mom? So oh, um, sorry. I'm let's shut the door on that for one second. I had two more fan questions. Here's one. They, well, here's a question. She said, yo, she looks so good with a shaved head. Did you ever consider cutting your hair and going short again? Is this a real question? Yeah. <laughs> I won't tell you. I, I can't tell you who on, on camera, though. Listen, I, uh, I had fun with it because I had to. The process of it growing back, like, I'm not going to lie. When I shaved my head and I saw the shape of my head, I was like, pleasantly surprised because you really have no idea what's going on underneath yeah. until you just remove all the stuff <laughs> so i was pleasantly pleasantly surprised with the shape of the old noggin here uh i have some funny jokes i don't know that they're appropriate for your podcast it's but... the option tell it it's the okay option. so here's the thing here's a couple things that i realized number one the growing process like growing back i looked like anywhere from Bob Ross to Napoleon Dynamite. Those were not good times for me. So therefore I would not cut it because of that. Number two, and this is the most important one. Sometimes when I laugh really hard or I'm thinking or I'm straining, I get this nice vein right here. Well, when I was bald, I just looked like a total dickhead. So yeah, literally like, <laughs> A busted condom. <laughs> uh, yeah. You're wearing a turtleneck, not... right? You wear a turtleneck, it looks like a broken condom. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So there it is. Like yep. that vein right there. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, no. Mm. Those two, those two reasons are enough for me to 
steer clear of Actually, the shaved head. When I saw the pictures of you with the shorter hair, I was like, oh my gosh, she's also fine. <laughs> she's also fine. <laughs> yeah. Just, just to find out you're so vain. You're so vain. Yeah. <laughs> you so probably vain. think this song is about you. <laughs> It does. It knows too. It's got a mind of its own. Nice. Yeah, no, that was, um, I mean, I had like male pattern balding syndrome. It was just on the sides. It was so funny. Yeah. Yeah. That was a time. Well, that was crazy. My head's rectangular, but it still looks, I, but I'm like a handsome rectangular. I, I went, you know, boot camp. I was in the army. Um, yeah. I'm a Gulf War vet. So, that, you know, boot camp, they shave your head. You're as bald as the day you're born, you know? And, I uh, just, yeah, but for men, yeah. I think it's a little different, right? I mean, for yes. some, it's not. Like, the men who are balding, I think it's a big deal. It's just, society's funny. Like, we're Definitely so, that's such men. an important thing. No, hair is significantly more important for women than men. Look, men, we yeah. can do the macho thing and shave it. We're good. You know right. what I'm saying? We're, we could wear hats wherever we go, even though there's a hair, yeah. there's a bush under this thing. So I'm not losing my hair. That's, um, right. Dude, it's, yeah, it's, a lot of that. This is a, a Jufro activity under this thing. I actually have a, a fro hawk under this. That's amazing. Yeah, that's just no. Boom. Literally, the that. first <laughs> when they boom. told me I had can't. Oh wow! Yeah, there's a lot. That's there's a lot, hair. a lot going on under there. You got a full. You got a full head of hair. Yeah. yeah. No, but when I was, mm -hmm. the saddest part when I was diagnosed, that my first thought. I'm not even kidding you. Was, oh my gosh, I'm gonna lose my hair. Like that was the first thought I had. It's not coming back, right? That's what you're thinking. No, I just was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose my hair. Like I'm going to be bald. And that oh. was like the scariest, that was the scariest thing for me. And then I had to rewire the brain and be like, no, you're bald because you're fighting for your life. It's a badge of courage and you're going to wear it and you're going to have a fun time doing all this crazy stuff. Like, but it's sad. Like that was, you that's the reality for good. a lot of people is the. Right. Sorry. I'm, you can finish that, but you looked good. I saw the picture and you know what it did? It brings out your neck and shoulders. Like you, when you had the shaved head, like I was looking <laughs> at that true. little shot you did and, and for guys, you know, when we don't want to be so lascivious and just look at the boobs uh, you, you know, or, or <laughs> yeah. undress you with our eyes. Right. Um, <laughs> what we look at is something we call the front line to your physical characteristic. And that's your neck and shoulders. You, yeah, you that's rock. True. You rock. Some African regions, some African regions, they all about that neck, man. They are. They, they get you, the extension uh, yeah, right? going. Yes. Yeah. They about that neck. So, my wife. <laughs> I think my wife's got like a six inch neck. So yeah, I, and her nickname is Goose. So. Yeah. <laughs> really. When I called her that, right? It like three. It, it was like a delayed reaction. She just goes. Really? That's I mean, all the cool nicknames you could. Yeah, that's the that's that's the best you can do. So, yeah, she could have been called giraffe. I've yeah. been called giraffe before. That's cool. But when you're fine, they could call you whatever they want. It's not. That's true. Not yeah, we don't care. Yeah, she's she's um, she's a smoke show. And so are you. You that's are funny. You, I'm gonna say it again. You are also also fine. <laughs> Thanks. I'm trying to be better at receiving compliments. Hmm. That's all right. You get them from me. You know, it comes from a real place. <laughs> We're yeah, on the same true. podcast. I just called Taryn Class and Taryn Close is going to get fat. Come on. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. She knows. What well, she doesn't know, I'm kidding. Taryn, um, I'm actually a fan of yours. So I feel like I'm closer to you than I really am. So I wasn't trying to offend you. I love you. And 
and just keep playing volleyball. <laughs> just we're all just gonna keep yeah. playing volleyball. Yes. For the rest of our lives. Cause that how do you think I blew up? When I look, when I was in the military, I wasn't fat. I was training with a volleyball team at night and training with the military during the day. You know? Yeah. Um, so I had no idea what and and if you look at the food I was eating, I was like, dude, when I stop playing, I'm gonna get fat. So so Well, me, and you know what? Yeah. For athletes or people like that, it's like it's been their lives the whole their whole life. So yep. when they're done and they're not being forced to, it's kinda like a Oh my mm -hmm. gosh, I don't have to do it. And so you almost don't want to do it. You know? Yes. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just I stay, think... stay on the market. You'll you'll keep working out. <laughs> stay on the dating. Um, stay in the dating market. I'm, you'll keep working out. I am obsessed with working out, so that'll never be an issue for me. And I'm obsessed with diet. Mm -hmm. I think about though, like people like Taryn and myself who our entire lives were told, Oh my gosh, you're so tall, or like you're a big girl. So then like you're told enough that it becomes like an identity thing, which is why you should, you should just never, you know, a cat a ca a category. they're tall. A category, right? Yeah. You, you, yes. You've been, a ca you've been categorized by a large number of people where the, the, yes. the inner belief is, um, is implanted. Yes. Right. So, um, yeah, yeah, I totally, totally get that. Are you, you're not, are you a vegan or a vegetarian? No. God's good. Oh, yeah, I was, no, I, was, I went. I was vegan just gonna. If you said that, I was gonna go. Yeah. No, <laughs> I went vegan for five months yeah. and six months, uh -huh. and it completely, it completely destroyed my my hormones. Right. Well, I have um. First, no, um, I was gonna ask you, do you plan on writing a book or did you write a book? But I want to save that question later. So that question's coming, okay? Okay. But um, okay. on my podcast, I had a guy named Doctor Bart K. He has four advanced medical degrees and like. Uh, these crazy scientific fields but the most important thing is he's the leader of the meat militia and we were on for two <laughs> hours that talked about the benefits of we had a veganism versus whatever i didn't really represent vegans that well because i'm not one but the the brooklyn hater in me always allowed me to to ask contrasting questions and be skeptical of that and then he the man stood tall so he does it two ways he does it in a humorous way like almost a, like a um sadistic way a friendly sadistic way or he can just put yeah. up a suit and tie and have a scientific argument so there's two guys there's dr bart k and there's the guy with literally the, the, the british helmet you know for the queen the leader of the yeah. meat militia and there's an episode for people listening um in fact huntington beach girl came up to me she's like i know who you are my name is melissa and i'm like cool she she must have listened to some of the cool vo volleyball people she get listened to bart k and I had another guy named Dr. Or, or Phil Escott that talked about veganism versus carnivorism. And she went on a carnivore diet and she had acne in her face. The acne went away. Um, yep. Her trim stayed trim, but it felt more solid. And she she said she wanted to thank me and she she loved my podcast. And I'm like, this is different. This is someone who loves my podcast, not because of the guest list of volleyball players at all levels. Uh, um but because of my non-guest, <laughs> oh, my yeah. non-volleyball I mean, people. people wanna, the education aspect is so mm -hmm. cool, especially around stuff like that, because you hear so, mm -hmm. so many different sides and like meat's bad, being vegan is good. And it, yeah. I don't know. Well, oh, so what he said was that he had a percentage. He says 76% of people that went vegan um, within a year 
quit that ideology. So we can go three months plus or minus, right? Nine months, yeah. or a year and three months. Yeah. And he says 86% of those 76% quit because of catastrophic health concerns. Yep. yep. Oh, I, yep. yeah, my hormones were messed up. My, I could not gain muscle to save my life. I was like skinny fat. It was, it was um, very eye opening. Like, I'm glad that I did it because I think I would still wonder what it would be like. And I did it for six months. Really, and I wasn't just vegan eating the bad, the junk food. Like I was, mm -hmm. I was eating real food. Yeah. And it, it, no. But this is why you got to do your own research. Doing your re own yes. research back when I grew up, okay, I'm 53. Doing your own research is called reading, <laughs> okay? Yeah. You know, so yes. anytime you see these veganism versus carnivorism studies, you, the, some of the important lur lurking variable that people are overlooking is that vegans, the reason why their, argu their argument was winning in those studies is because a lot of the people that were vegans were also doing um, healthy lifestyle things. They were doing yes. yoga. They were sun worshippers. They were building up their vitamin D. And you're going to compare them with a carnivore guy who's eating, you know, who's this Italian guy from Bay Ridge, you know, eating yes. crazy fries and this and that. So, so it's not a fair compar comparative. So find me a study no. that shows me a carnivore that has a similar lifestyle that's doing yoga, that's doing all that stuff. And then, then come see me. You know, but don't just be yeah. like this study's here. You, if you don't agree with it, you're not. You know, you're not a doctor. You don't know what you're talking about, which is stupid. So. Um, that was the important thing. You said like chemotherapy yeah. was the best thing that ever happened to your or cancer, right? Because it lets you or whatever. Like Dr. Barquet's associate, Phil Escott, wrote a book called How Rheumatoid Arthritis Was the Best Thing That Happened to Him. Yeah. He was a he, he was sixty pounds overweight, had a cane, had muscles, joint stiffness. He's like fifty five years old and he went on a on a carnivore diet under Barquet's guidance and the rheumatoid arthritis went away. And when, he went to, and when he went to his doctor, his doctor's like, this is not, this is unconventional. I, you need to go back on the medications that I assigned you. And he went to the doctor and he shook his hand and he says, thank you for helping me all this time. I'm out of here. I'm not, I'm not going back on those drugs. Yeah. You know, because the doctor told him he needs to go back on a drug and the reasoning why, as to why it was not appropriate to him, the patient. And right now, 60 pounds lighter. He's not, not only does he not have a cane, he's running. He's Amazing. running. The dude's running. His name is Phil Escott. And he does lectures in the UK where doctors, like three times a year, doctors from all over the world sit in his lectures. He's not even he's not even a medical doctor. He's just studied rheumatoid arthritis and, and on carnivorism for 30 years. You yeah. Know? And um again, just power to the patient. Uh, should we yep. should we is that what we should call this episode? <laughs> power to the patient. Yeah. yeah. You're living proof. You're living proof. You survived something that had a 50-50 chance where we know that's not really 50-50 if you didn't have a healthy lifestyle prior to. Yeah. Because physical is going to lead to the mental. If you physically feel like crap all the time, it's going to mess with your mind. And then when your mind goes, that's a wrap. That's a, that's I, that's flipping a coin where both sides are heads. Yeah, but I'll, I think, you know, devil's advocate, I think it's the opposite. Tell me. You know, you, well, you do chemo. I was in, I told you I was in the emergency room multiple times. I'm taking all this medication. I could sleep. All I wanted to do was sleep. I couldn't eat. I, my appetite was gone. I would get acid reflux. I just didn't want to eat. You, you feel like crap. 
you still have to decide to go. This is where like a, the the conversation around discipline versus motivation. It's discipline will win every time because you have to have the discipline to, even though you don't feel good, you go do it. It was even though I didn't feel good, I went and did it because of my mind. Like I had to go because me going was me fighting. Like it was that was the mindset of like I'm not going to sit here on the couch. I'm going to go walk two, three miles right after I finish chemo. And I'm then I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to do whatever I can. And then I'm going to go home. And that's going to be, it's me. It's significant to me because it shows me that I'm fighting. Wow. Yep. Jesus, man, <laughs> about the destination, not about the journey to the destination, no. but the journey itself, huh? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. So a volleyball question. The last two years, what was the most the venue that you played at that you that you enjoyed the most? Was it the one you won? <laughs> there is the there is a, won, there is a Manhattan yeah. Beach nostalgia that that never gets old for me, even even though I live here in the South Bay. Yeah, I think Atlanta is cool because that's the first place Katie and I qualified. That was my first ever AVP anything, and we qualified right. back Katie in twenty twenty one for everybody. But go ahead. Katie Dickens. Yeah. Couple. Um, so that one's always, that one always sticks out to me. Like that one's fun for me. Um, it's the ultimate gosh, neutral just... ground too, right? Yeah. I mean, sometimes you play in Manhattan beach against people who've been training out here all year. It's almost like a home field advantage, but like, right. you got Chicago and you got Atlanta. Yeah. And, no, Atlanta, you know. that one's, that one's fun. That one's nostalgic for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, but obviously Manhattan Beach is like classic. Anything on the West Coast is classic. I really want them to go back to New York. Like, can we get can we get back to New York? Yes. <laughs> like, where is New York on the map? I can't I can't believe that they don't go there. Let me tell you something about um, New York. But first, I want to go west to east. When you see good players from the the west, it's players. When you see talented players in the Midwest, it's the coaches. When you see talented players on the East Coast, it's the immigration population. There, for New York City, the one that the all of the people that came to two thousand nineteen AVP because I was their coach in Rafa Rodriguez, um, and Jeff Samuels, we lost to the Partains in the qualifier. But you look at the bleachers. You got the Koreans from Flushing. You got the Dominicans from Washington Heights and Uptown. You got the Chinese from Chinatown. You got the Russians from Brighton Beach, Brooklyn. You have the Polish guys from South Brooklyn. You got the West Indian people from Flatbush. All of them have migrated here, but probably play volleyball in their country before they came here. You, you know what I'm saying? Again, I, mm -hmm. I, I, I told you I set for a team that, that won nationals. That entire team was Dominican, Balmeso. The entire team was was Dominican Republic. I think only three of them spoke English. Ten years before that, except for a team that won nationals, the whole team was Polish. <laughs> and only two guys on that team spoke English. So so you go like I want you to get jump in on this New York thing, but you you can't tell me you're you you 
don't want to come to this venue that doesn't just attract other South Bay people, right? I mean, right. if the AVP wants to be something, if they want to expand, if they want to whatever, stop being in the, in these environments where it feels like you're 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 going to like a rock band performance, and the other people that show up are the people that have to play that played before you and after you, the other bands, right? Yeah, New York's not like yeah. that. New York, you got people that never played in their lives. That you had a, a yeah. high school exceptional seniors game. Uh, uh, exhibition that morning and all of the kids all 30 of the kids came to the game in the afternoon <laughs> yeah i i mean we could talk about this forever i just think it's even austin it was so it was so interesting to see them leave austin when austin had one of the best crowds that i've you know i've only obviously been playing for this was my third season but in those three seasons going to almost all the stops Austin had one of the best crowds that they've gotten at an AVP event. And Austin, I just think, I'm Austin like, what are we doing dude. if we're not going to these places? And I don't buy that it costs too much money. You're trying no. to tell me the AVP went from having an exhibition game in Madison Square Garden with, with AJ and Jose Loyola against Karch and Steffes. 11,000 people showed up for that game for a two out of three. One, one match. Yeah, and you're trying to tell me Pier 25 costs too much. Don't be a freaking loser. Don't. I'm, I'm, and I sound like I'm criticizing the AVP and 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 anyone who's listening to this, from Josh Glazebrook to whomever. Um, this ain't on Jenny. I'm carrying this water for both of us. Grow up. Grow up. If 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 you're not <laughs> if you're not doing that, if you're not going back to Austin, if you're not going to New York, all you're showing us is that you're not ready to be to be taken seriously as a professional sports franchise. Okay? Couldn't even couldn't even secure a place for for the championship game. They're losers. You know what I'm saying? And this is someone who coaches for the AVP. This is someone who did a color commentary for center court for AVP New Orleans. So uh, if it's one of those things where they're like, oh, we don't like what Jason said, said then all you're showing me is that you 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 can't take constructive criticism and it's and and you want to take this personally what i'm saying to you when i use the word loser instead of taking it as a challenge then then that's that's not on me i'm gonna be fine yeah i'm gonna be fine well, i told you what my wife does for a living uh, you know what i'm saying my, my <laughs> yeah. brands and my bottom line are separate i'm good the question right. is are you are you good avp you know Listen, I listened to the, some of the yeah. AVP guys crap all over 15, 1440 and, and, and everything that was wrong with them. What the hell happened this year? What, yeah. the, what the hell happened this year? And what's up with Austin? That, sorry, I didn't mean to go this route, but you set me off with Austin because Austin <laughs> is different from New York and it's better than New York in a sense, but the people there. They care about the sport so much. They love the sport so much. And and they yes. would have they would have paid out of their own pocket to have the AVP do the championship series there. You 100%. I know it. I know it and you know it. You yeah. know that. They would have been like, come, we got the facilities. We can dude, we can do this. You don't have to worry yes. about people showing up. You don't have to worry about TV time. You know? They would they I swear to you, Austin rocks, dude. Yeah, Austin it's rocks. a I it's met you through Bobby community. Jones, who's Austin. I met you yeah. through Bobby. Bobby Jones made the first episode possible. Oh my gosh, that's right. Yep. Yeah. I'm. Yeah, I'm, Austin yeah. is. It's such a little secret gem for yeah. beach volleyball. And it shouldn't be a secret. No. Why is the secret unequivocally safe? 
<laughs> I, it's crazy. Yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah. God bless you for bringing it up though. I, I don't, you know what? I'm not, edit, I'm not taking any of this out. This has got to be in because I, I need that. I needed to get that off my chest. It's super necessary. You did. I'm really you glad know? that we unpacked that. Yes. We ain't got to say we, cause I don't want them taking that out on you. For me, the, no, worst, just... the worst thing they can, they can say to me is, oh, you're not going to commentate for us. And I'm like, damn, I only got to do it. I only got to do it once. Maybe I was never, that was never going to happen. You know? Right. So, uh, come on. That's like me. No. That's like me um, boycotting Rihanna's panties, right? I was never invited. <laughs> I was never invited. <laughs> no, I just think, I mean, if you're going to be a, if you're going to be an organization, then you've got to take into account, you know, what people say. Obviously, you don't have to. I just, it was an interesting thing to mm. see them um, not go back to Austin. And I, I know that they want to make the players happy. Like there are some players who did not want to go back for mm -hmm. whatever reason. It's too hot. They didn't like the venue, whatever. But also suck it up. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like, I'm in Manhattan Beach and they're honoring the AVP legends, right? On center court. Mm -hmm. Why why did Randy why did I why did why did I have to give Randy a ticket for my box? <laughs> Randy Stokes, right. right? The guy who you announced last as a drum roll, the guy who won the most tournaments, right? Look, I'm so, I'm glad I invited Randy. I had I had a fourth ticket, and me and Randy were doing the motherload together. Anyway, we were doing the broadcast. Um, they asked Randy who you want as your broadcast partner. He said the motherfucker with the Yankee hat. <laughs> so <laughs> so me and Randy actually um we did a live stream. We live streamed Ty Coots, the the Gage brothers, um, and everything's on my NYVR City Sports and and one of their cable channels. Randy and I. So I was like, let's you know let's hey come chill with me in the box. I got an extra ticket. But why why did it have to be me? Why did the guy with the Yankee yeah. hat have to give him a ticket? The yeah. king of the beach. One half of the kings of the beach. Really? Yeah. Why are you treating Rolo Vincent like that, dude? <laughs> you Crazy. know what I mean? Rolo Vincent, sorry, that's a, um, the movie Side Out. He played a character called Rolo Vincent. Oh my gosh, that yeah. movie. Hope you put your money on me, old man. <laughs> dude. Give me half. <laughs> oh my gosh, what a cheesy. Yeah, we love it. We love so, to see it. So you like Atlanta, bottom line, right? Um, you wouldn't yeah. say no to Austin, and you wish New York City come back. Like yeah. It. How's that? Okay, sound? but yeah, well, well, we can stop there. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, a little bit more volleyball. Give me one thing that you thought you showed significant improvement from 2022 to 2023. It can be a single fundamental like passing, hitting, or whatever. It could be something from the neck up. Floor is yours. Oh, this is a hard question. I don't think <laughs> I, was, I had a I very was gonna good go, 20. Boo! <laughs> I don't think, yeah, I don't think I had a very good 2023 20, season. And I'm still, you know, even though I'm grateful to be playing, I'm still an athlete. And we're always hard on ourselves. Uh, serving, I would say serving Okay. and, um, blocking. Yeah. The two fastest ways to score a point. Why not? Yeah. Um, but I don't think, you know, we, there's always room for improvement. Well, that was my next question. What's one thing? Cause if I let you do four things, you'll, you'll, you'll give me like a slew of things because you're always your own worst critic. Give me one thing you'd like to do a little bit better. Not something that's going to change the world, but like between now and January, I, I want to do this a little bit better. No, I want a handset. Yes. <laughs> it scares me. I do it in practice. Mm -hmm. Like I'm a good hand setter. <laughs> Just and then when the game the comes, idea. you're like, nope. 
<laughs> yeah, because the idea of me losing a game for my teammate just because I'm trying to handset, that feels very selfish and egotistical. Right. So that's the, but also I can handset. So just do it. That's right. the goal though, is because also the mental fortitude that comes from overcoming that is yeah. cool. Well, think about the benefit, risk versus reward. For every one set you get called double, a double contact, there's probably four or five points that you get because the, 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 the hitter has um, maybe has proper exactly. court vision. I don't know. Look, I don't know if the study's out on that. Me as, as, a, as, as a coach, I'm, I feel like I'm one of the, the, the real scientists in these studies are the coaches. So I just want to continue to look at it and see the benefits of it. But yeah, why not? Handset. Uh, my, old, yeah. my old drill sergeant said, what's the best way to get better at push-ups? <laughs> to do push-ups. <laughs> so yeah, just do push-ups. Yeah, use your hands as much Shoot. as you can. Yeah, my old old program director from Endless Summers, who runs beach volleyball national events, had a no hands tournament for 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 juniors. Basically, no one gets called double. No one gets called um, carry. So it was like a no hands. I love that for that. Now, you know, she did four of those a year. And now you like almost every kid that's graduating high school, every girl can can use hands, you know. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. Have it in your toolbox. It's better to have it yeah. not need than to need and not have. have. Have it in your toolbox. For sure. So, um, yeah. So what else? Did you watch any Mother Load or didn't? Did you catch any of that? No. All right. This year? Yeah. It was Sokol- no. Sokolovsky one with um, Jackie Wegner. She beat. They beat Katie Piles and um. Wow, Carly Wopat was there too. She looked really good, man. She had a nice, you, you know Carly, right? Mm-hmm. So she's got muscles in places I don't have places. I'm just right, right. <laughs> got a got a, I got a place for that. A little that, you call that a horseshoe? Not with those. I didn't even arms, know that boy. was a muscle. I know, yeah. right? I thought that was a. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say insensitive and say tumor. That's stupid, you know. But um, yeah. <laughs> maybe we edit that part out. Uh, um, keep it. <laughs> oh, jeez. Look, I ain't trying to keep you here all day. I'm just. Uh, uh, and God knows if I if I find another hot female I'm following around because she plays volleyball I'll probably go nuts so so let's finish with the um something I affectionately call the lightning rounds you did this last time and some of them are new questions and some of them are the same questions because from last time to now your answer might be different She's I'm like, nervous. She's okay. Like, really? You should be nervous. You should be scared. You should be shaking in your boots, man. I'm not a good test taker. No? no. Well, last time you took this, you passed. Got a, six, got okay, a 65. Cool. Cool. But, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> D is done. <laughs> All right. There's our clock. And here we go. Let's count down. Uh, favorite comedian? Oh, my gosh. Um, First one that came Dave to your Chappelle. mind. Dave nice. Chappelle. Me too. Same. Last good book you read. Last good book. Uh, New Model of Selling. Wow, cool. Uh, last good movie you watched? Homer or in the theater? I haven't watched a movie in so long. Pass. Uh, Marvel or DC? Marvel. Pool or Beach? Beach. Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter? That hasn't changed. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> uh, bourbon, vodka, or tequila? Water. Yes, if I have to choose Woo! sport outside favorite sport outside of volleyball, basketball, favorite action film star growing up. Xena warrior princess. Any favorite conspiracy rabbit holes? 
<laughs> Five seconds left. She's like, I'm just going to let it count Water. Down. Nice. Yes, dude. Well, mine is the JFK assassination. Mine dude, is... what about 9-11? Yeah. Are we still recording? <laughs> yeah, we are. Well, for me, 9-11 is building seven. I'm just trying to break down the science of how, like, uh, that building fell the same way and didn't even get hit by anything except falling debris, right? Wait. Like, I never, look, I'm not a science guy. In fact, I never even passed science in school. But uh, something I learned is that asymmetric damage doesn't cause a symmetric collapse. So it was just, it's something like if I really were to stick my head like a mongoose or like, what do you call ostrich? A long neck yeah. into, into like this hole looking for looking for something to, to pull out. That would be kind of my thing. But JFK is easy because it's it's not an unpopular thing to think that Oswald didn't act alone anymore, right? It's it's yeah. If I were just going on a bandwagon fallacy, right? I would say I was I was I'm with the majority on that. You know, meaning that that the, yeah. not that it's right, but because everyone feels the same way. You know. Yeah. I also I'm ex-military and I'm also an expert in and um, the M1682 and and the Beretta and those are semi-automatic weapons and I'm an expert. The last right. four times I qualified, that's a hard shot for me. It's a little, you know, it's a little closer, of course, and but it's a moving target. And for me, most experts will say the first shot will be the most accurate because that's the one coming at you. The vehicle's coming this way yeah. before it turns. So the best, you know, but for this guy who who has whose military records actually say he's not a good shot, uh, um, for him it was the third one, including a headshot, right? So I'm just. Right. I'm not saying I know who did it. I'm not saying it's the CIA or the, or the MTVIA. Right. I'm just saying that that I, I don't I, I have reason to believe I don't think that guy made that shot, you know. Yeah. So that's that's all. Then and that's and, that, and, and to me, it's not a huge conspiracy. That's not like a big one, you know, because that happened so long ago. Nobody can do anything about it anyway. Right. Can't try. Can't try. Can't try dead people. Right. So. Right. Yeah. But that's also a conspiracy too, right? We're we're gonna re actually release the files in two thousand five, and then they didn't, and then finally they came out, and that is still heavily redacted. But you have the arc, you have um, historians, literally have making offices and parked outside, going through all of this, all of this stuff because they have an interest, the same interest I do. They t yeah. they're taking time off. They moved there, to just to look through the archives. So, right. Yeah. You know, nine eleven. We don't want people to think we're nutballs, but I mean, I, I mean, for for people that say they follow the science, I'm like, oh god, yeah, okay. <laughs> That's like a red flag. Now, if someone says follow the science, I'm like, yes. Hmm. Yeah. Well, we call it reading, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, if you actually uh, no, but following the science, if you actually read, um, let's say you re someone gives you a study, right? Uh, uh, supporting their argument, but if you actually read the whole study, you'll 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 point out to them. Wait, the study you showed me shows you that you're not necessarily right. You just showed me a study right. with a conclusion, right? Uh, but yeah. how we got there and the lurking variables, right? Like, uh, uh, you know, I'll give you an example. Um, angle pa passing versus midline, right? You're an indoor player, right? So yeah. So angle passing versus midline, they had some kind of study showing why angle pass passing is more beneficiary, right? But if you look at the sample size of the study, it's nine players, right? Is it men? No, it's women. So it's a different height net, right? Was it uh, um, professional? No, it was college. Okay, was it division one? No, it was D2. Was this sample done in a two-month period? No, it was three weeks. So, so you look at all these lurking variables and you're like, okay, now I know 
what the actual study is. I can take it for what it's worth and decide for myself how much weight it has, right? Right. Because, um, and the reason why people are going so hard in the paint for follow the science and going so hard in the paint against the science is because there's, I think people think everyone's stupid. Because right. because stupid people have the loudest voices, you assume everybody doesn't have the the intelligence, the general intelligence to just read something and decide for themselves what you know what it, you know it is what yes. it is. So that's just my personal opinion where that comes from. So that's you know, and that's my politics. Do your, do your own reading. Do your own research. Yeah. Do your own reading. You're gonna love my show. I got a that's that's coming out in two weeks. It's called um, it's part of Be Better Media. Wendy Jones. Um, yeah and she's giving me my own platform for be better or worse it's b's in parentheses for better or worse yeah and my first that's cool and my first episode is called not for me but for thee and just like the last two years of the pandemic and some of the things that they were saying that we have to do when but when you looked at a certain class structure of people that they they weren't doing either that's why i was like yep yeah let's just put it this way if you see billionaires doing the same thing they're asking us to do we're in deep that's doing deep trouble <laughs> that's a problem right. yes um anything you'd like to say well first i want to um you to plug in your your site about the water thing um your instagram people want to know more about you i'm a fan of jen Ketty. oh my gosh she's such a really good player and her and her forehead and her vein is also fine um people, <laughs> you know how could i be down how yeah. can i get with jen Ketty? what give me some give give our, our listeners some information instagram at genuine waters is the best way to reach me and learn yep and laugh I like to make people laugh yeah that's your message make people laugh yeah i want to make people laugh you made me laugh and <laughs> teach them some cool things you made me laugh probably cumulatively before this episode even started i think i laughed more before the episode than cumulatively like the entire this we're we're like an hour and 40 into this uh, um wow you gotta go right? <laughs> that's a long oh my god we gotta go dude um <laughs> no but you I, I think what i was trying to say is you made me laugh more before we even got started i just thought you know just you you, you know we made each other feel comfortable because i don't always make everybody feel comfortable <laughs> it's an honor yes the honor is all mine and thanks for coming back thanks for keeping your word because you said we got to do this again and guess what you know here and she we is did. standing tall all right so guys jen ketty might love you guys but i don't love you guys in fact i can't stand any of you in fact we are out of here so for all of you at home for all of you on your iPads and iPhones in the car, for all of you on the lunch line at Starbucks, for all of you on your laptop, for all of you on your desktop, who runs the world? Old school, baby. Old school. For this young lady, this the fabulous Jen Ketty, I am Jason DeBiss. This is the Option Podcast. This is episode 189, I'm sure, right now. Hit my music and stay with me, but we are out of here. Come check out the Option Podcast on OptionVB.com. It's also available on iTunes and Spotify and on YouTube under the NY Varsity Sports Handle. You're going to love what you hear.